It's time to enter the arena. Welcome to Gladiator School, a podcast where we explore information as the new war fighting capability, hosted by 2MEF Information Group. Welcome, sir, to the first episode of Gladiator School. Are you ready to enter the arena? Uh, more than ready because we're already in it, the arena. That's why we're naming this podcast Gladiator School. I absolutely inherently believe the MEF Information Group, and that's not just two MEF Information Group, that's any of the MEF Information Groups, are in the arena each and every day. The information environment, every day, very real, and that's what our Marines grapple with each and every day. So by Gladiator School, I mean we are the ones figuring out what it means to conduct operations information environment for the Marine Corps. They are in Gladiator School, and they're going to leave better equipped to deal with that information environment. And so, hence the podcast. When a lot of people ask me, like, what does the MIG do? What is operations information environment? That's what this podcast is designed to do. Tell people what it looks like in practice. Awesome. Well, after that, I would just like to introduce you to everyone. So, you're Colonel Brian Russell. You are the commanding officer of 2MEF Information Group in sunny Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And we touched on Gladiator School, how you came up with the name. But my question is, you know, where exactly does that come from? Because me personally, I mean, I'm 100% a Russell Crowe fan. That's what I think of when I think of Gladiator School. So, I mean, are you are you right there with me? Or is this, are we going in a completely different direction? No, I absolutely have to quote my source on this one. And I stole this directly from our current Deputy Commandant of Information, okay. Lieutenant General Glavy. Uh, he was the commanding officer of Marine Forces uh, Cyberspace Command. Okay. Same thing. Those Marines are in the arena each and every day. Cyber domain is an day on, stay on type of thing. Protecting our networks. Operating against our adversaries in the cyberspace domain, uh, that's what Marfor Cyber does. And so he always called Marfor Cyber Gladiator School. And we do the very same things here in the information environment each and every day. Uh, so we are figuring a lot of things out, new concepts that are emerging across the Marine Corps. How do we do information warfare or OIE, whatever your terminology is? And we can have a conversation about that too. You know, what do those terms mean? Uh, we are doing that each and every day. And so that's where I got Gladiator School from. Awesome. So basically adapting in the arena as times progress, whether it be, you know, attire, it could be things that the gladiators were wearing, anything like that. I'm just trying to draw those analogies and make it a visual sort think, of imagery think, for the I audience. I think it absolutely is in the arena each and every day is what I have in mind. When our Marines check in for work, so to speak, mm -hmm. or they forward deploy, they're going right into that battle arena. And uh, really it relates to things we might even talk about in this podcast, uh, what I call the OIE truths. Uh, OI truth number five is everybody fights. Whether you realize it or not, or like it or not, you are in the information environment every day. And so you need to be equipped for that. And that's one of our jobs as the MEF information group is to prepare this MEF for that reality of being in the information environment each and every day. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. So we're here today, you know, we've got the sign up, the table's here, we carved it out last night. We want to give the audience a sneak peek behind the curtain and let them know what exactly the MIG is. Right. Because maybe some people have heard the phrase, maybe someone's told someone else, hey, you know, I work with the MIG. What is the MIG? And we know that the MIG is important to the MAGTAF, but why is it important now more than ever? So I think uh, we've all come to the realization that the information environment is very important to what we do for military operations. Uh, I am charged with helping the MEF commander generate information advantage uh, against our adversaries from a competition every day or conflict and crisis when we quote unquote go to war, uh, provide information advantage uh, to the MEF commander. And there's emerging doctrine on that. 
um, uh, Marine Corps Doctrine Publication Number Eight is about to be published. It's called Information uh, Describing okay. the Warfighting Function, and we will see terminology and frameworks for what that means. Information advantage, and we can even talk more about that uh, during the podcast. Uh, how I've uh, expressed it to all the Marines here is really I do three things in each and every day, and that's anyone in the MEF Information Group. I collect information. Okay. So what is going on in the information environment? I'm collecting that information, analyzing it on behalf of the MEF Commander or our supportive forces. Uh, I also protect that information. I want to make sure the adversaries don't get after it and deceive us as sure. to what we're uh, we're up to. So I have forces and capabilities to help protect that information uh, from the adversary. And then uh, last, I project information. And okay. that is uh, day on, stay on. It's a uh, communication strategy. Uh, inform uh, key audiences. Uh, it's from an influence uh, perspective. It's even the demonstration of our physical activities. Uh, is a projection of information in this new environment. So that's really how I help people understand what is that MIG mission we do. We collect, okay. we protect, and we project uh, information. That's how I help the MEF commander get information advantage. Okay. So my follow-up to that would be, so we're collecting information, right? To someone who's hearing this for the first time, or maybe they've heard it, you know, in sidebar conversations. If we say we're collecting information, right, we're protecting it, we're projecting it. When I hear collect and project, I mean, synonymous to possibly is that kind of psyops? Is that intel? Or what makes us different from them? I think what makes the MEF Information Group different and why the MEF Information Group was uh, created was to consider all of our capabilities. Uh, and we've got amazing capabilities across formation. All of those you mentioned, communications and intelligence, uh, even fires capability and our Naval Gunfire Liaison Company, uh, psychological operations. It's how they all work together. Just my communications formation inherently is multidimensional. What do I mean by that? They collect information from their communications gear, correct? They're receiving okay. transmissions. There's immediately a spectrum consideration for that. Uh, if they're collecting information from satellites, satellite communication, there's a space domain consideration. So I've okay. got to consider that now. Uh, from the protect aspect, how do I protect that? I use defensive cyber formations to do that, also inside the MEF information group. It's how all of that works together holistically to perform those functions, not just individual capabilities uh, working by themselves. This is, in fact, something akin to 21st century combined arms warfare uh, that okay. we're doing here in the MEF information group. Segwaying us into our next uh, question, I, you know, people say, we want to ensure the MAGTAF commander's ability to facilitate friendly forces maneuvering and denying the enemy freedom of action in the information environment. So let's let's take that down and let's kind of dissect that. So if I hear someone say, I want you to deny the enemy freedom of action, and then let's put a period there or a pause, if you will. So if we wanted to make that akin to an infantry mindset, all right, there's a point A, there's a point B, and there's a point C. If, you know, you want me to stop someone from getting from point A to point C, I'm going to put something at point B and I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. So I'm denying the enemy freedom of action. But when we take it to the MIG perspective and you want or someone else wants to deny the enemy freedom of action in the information environment without that physical domain, and this is where it kind of gets cool, right? Because this is where we get into the collecting, the protecting, the projecting. How does that translate? I like using uh, a cyberspace example for okay. that, um, particularly as a service considers 
concepts like uh, all domain reconnaissance and counter reconnaissance. We're very okay. comfortable physical domain, land, sea, even aviation reconnaissance. What does that mean from a cyber perspective? Well, uh, what that means from my cyber force uh, that conducts reconnaissance is identifying what we believe key terrain is in cyberspace. And that is typically one of our weapon systems or it is typically a portion of our command and control system that we believe the enemy is going to try and influence. They're trying to shut down our kill chain too. And so I direct my force to conduct a reconnaissance operation on that key cyber terrain. They're literally putting the equivalent of virtual binoculars okay. on that key terrain in cyberspace and watching for the adversary presence, just like a normal reconnaissance team does. And if they detect that adversary presence, they are capable of countering it. So we detect adversary presence in our network. They are postured to observe it and then take action against it. That is protecting our networks from cyber activity, from a cyber reconnaissance or maneuver perspective. Okay. And so when you say they're ready and they're postured to project, right? That's what I think when we go back to collect, protect, project, they're projecting in order to interrupt that kill chain and to protect that information. Is that fair? It is fair, but it, it speaks to the nature of this 21st century fight we're in. Okay. Uh, it may not just be my organic capability that's doing the projecting, but my ability as a misinformation group to link with joint assets and capabilities oh, okay. that can shoot back against the cyber adversary. That's another okay. piece of the MEF information group is linking the MEF to joint and allied partners that have a capability and the authorities to act against those adversaries as well. So we might pick it up initially, mm -hmm. but then flip it to someone else to take some action action on. That's that mosaic kind of kill web we're trying to uh, build here for this 21st uh, century combined arms fight. So Excellent. it's not just organic marine capabilities. And I think it fits perfectly within where the Commandant is thinking of us as a joint enabling force as well. We may just find the action and tip it to someone else uh, to take the action against. Okay. We want to sort of unpack how does the MIG achieve the effects on the battlefield, right? We talked a little bit about that and you did a beautiful job of explaining and how do we maneuver in the information environment? So the MIG is made up of the subordinate commands, right? We've got 2nd Intel Battalion, 8th Com, we've got Radio Battalion, we've got Anglico, we've got the MEF Support Battalion, Comstrat Company. All of these are working together synergistically in order to achieve the effects that you just talked about. So if we, again, Analogies are my favorite. I hope you don't mind. But making that analogy, let's say going back to something that every single person is probably very familiar with in the Marine Corps because of the roots. So a line company, right? You've got a rifle, three rifle platoons, as I was, one weapons platoon. You've got 240s, 60s, and then you've got 0311s. We know how they all work together if you put them on the battlefield. So taking all of those subordinate elements if you could just briefly kind of give us a peek, and this is what I'm talking about, this is where it really gets juicy and great. How do all of these subordinate elements work together? Paint us a picture to really maneuver. Okay, uh, you hit on the key piece of this. It's task organizing these capabilities to produce an outcome on behalf of the MEF commander or our naval or allied partners. That's absolutely what we do as a MEF information group. Uh, what I'll use is uh, Air Naval Gunfire Liaison Company. Okay. And I'll give you an example of how we task organize them from something that is well known in the Marine Corps, fires, the kinetic yes. fires. So they are known for providing allies and partners with kinetic fires from the Marine Air Ground Task Force, aviation, naval gunfire. Uh, when appropriate. So what we've done here in 2MIG is task organize around the standing construct of a firepower control team, additional capabilities from the MEF information group to collect, 
protect and project project. information. So uh, from the project information, let's put a Comstrat team with that firepower control team. So not only are they, you know, engaging kinetically, but they're engaging non-kinetically too on the target system or the key audience with that. Uh, Collecting information. I can put a uh, signals intelligence or electronic warfare team from 2nd Radio Battalion as part of that team to understand the environment and perhaps direction find against our adversaries who are trying to go against that team. Okay. Uh, the protect information. I can put a cyber team with that to protect their yes, information yes. systems at the very same time. And that is uh, the inherent nature and value of the MEF information group is task organizing all those capabilities together. And I think another thing back to my comment about linking the MEF to joint capabilities, particularly when we talk all domain, cyber and space capabilities, think about what Anglico really is. The inherent nature of Anglico is providing MAGTAF capabilities to allies and partners. And they were created out of World War II to facilitate cross-domain maneuver. How do I get from the sea to the land and employ aviation assets yes. or assets from the sea to produce outcomes? We're doing the very same thing here, MEF Information Group, just two more domains, cyber and space. So that's that's what the MIG does, task organized capabilities together. Awesome. Perfect. And it's great that you went into that. I'm glad that you explained that because that was actually going to be one of my next questions is since we use Anglico as a beautiful example, you know, how exactly did they play the role? But you outlined that beautifully, so thank you. Sure. Now, as far as the MIG in the grand scheme of things, I'd also like to paint a picture for the audience. So we all know like a MEF traditionally feeds the MAGTAF, right? So what does the MIG feed? Is that a strange way to phrase that? Yes. All right. <laughs> I'm trying to you know, walk us on here to sort of paint a, a picture for people so that if they are following so far, all right, yes, the MIG has these capabilities, they're protecting, they're collecting, they're projecting, you know, we have all these subordinate elements. Now, if you're looking at how everything breaks down in the Marine Corps, I mean, you know, where where is the MIG in that? Okay, so as a subordinate element of a Marine Expeditionary Force, uh, I will clarify that job number one is to support my MEF commander. So task organizes yes. those capabilities in support of the MEF fight, but we always don't fight as MEFs, right? We Correct. deploy subordinate MAGTAFs. So if that's a Marine Expeditionary Brigade, where are they going to come for that all domain expertise or the collect, protect, and project? They're going to come ah, to the MIG, and I task organize okay. a formation that can deploy with the Marine Expeditionary Brigade. Same thing we do with our Marine Expeditionary units. Collect, protect, project, form a MIG detachment, and yes. send that out to the Marine Expeditionary Unit okay. for their deployment. And we can apply that model to allies or partners. As I mentioned with Anglico, if they need that type of capability, uh, can do that with them. And certainly from where we are right now in support of our Commandant Naval Integration, we can provide those capabilities to fleets or subordinate task groups or task elements inside a maritime construct. Uh, things that the Navy lacks from a capability perspective. We can provide that as well. So uh, inherently flexible as an organization. Mm-hmm. It and just we're comes, good at it. It just comes down <laughs> to prioritization and yes. mission analysis. And then I advise the MEF commander uh, and he decides, you know, where he applies uh, the resource in the MEF information group. Perfect. The epitome of Semper Gumby, if you will. Sure. Right? A hundred percent. So now this is something that's kind of near and dear to my heart, especially as, you know, a Comstrat officer. I mean, Comstrat is the main effort. 
everyone's heard that, right? I remember when I was in TBS and we had our XO, she was a Comstrat officer and she would say that all the time. And it started as a running joke, right? Because you have all the MOSs, they're being delegated, but then when you're actually in this field and even in training, you start to see it coming together because it may be a joke at first, but people see as they go on that they need to come to experts for guidance so they can figure out how do I put out this messaging when we talk about that projecting, right? And then on the front end of that, the collecting, what do I need in order to create that messaging? And what's the audience doing on the other side? Or what is my adversary doing on the other side? Because those two are equally as, as important, right? Your adversary and your audience, because I mean, when you're in a foreign environment, those two are equally as important. If you can tap into one, you can tap into the other. So I say all of this because I want us to talk about how we see the role of Comstrat and public affairs informing and adapting to the 21st century combined arms environment. And on that note, what is that? Okay, so let me start with some baselining and I'll go back to OIE truths. Perfect, um, yes. To, to explain one anyway of the first five, I've actually got another list of five in draft mode. And oh, think, wow. Well, I think I forgot a very a very important one. It probably should be OIA truth number one. Okay. And that's, it's all about the story or it's all about the narrative. And you can see that in some of our emerging doctrine, the importance of establishing a, a command narrative, a mission narrative for what you're doing. And, and what I mean by that is uh, what you live out. And, and I truly mean live out, not just like, hey, what we're going to tell in a press release mm -hmm. or tweet out. I'm literally, you're living the message. And this is, we know this. This is something Marines have done very, very well. If you think back to General Mattis and our time in Iraq, what was his command narrative? No, Please, no sure, better sir. friend, no worse enemy. Yes. Right? It was just, and we all live that. And that was the mission uh, to do. So anyway, it's all about the story. It's all about the narrative. And because of that, uh, Comstrap becomes very, very important because every day you are doing something to demonstrate living out the story or telling the story. And so part of that OIE truth I, I've said about quantity is a quality all its own in this information environment. Yes. I, I mean, in fact, that the best thing we can do to counter disinformation, misinformation, or adversary attempts to mislead us from a personal perspective or a mission perspective is to get our story out all the time. Get ahead of all of those cycles. And you can see that uh, today in Ukraine, and I'll steal uh, from P.W. Singer how he described uh, how you know the U.S. NATO helped support Ukraine to deal with the Russian incursion. Uh, he used a phrase called pre-bunking. Okay. We actually got the story out, and we're, we're, that's what we see in Ukraine right now. The ultimate, you know, OIE or information perspective on Ukraine is we are doing exactly everything we said we would do from a Ukraine defense and NATO support and U.S. support. Russia is doing everything it said it wouldn't do. It said it was not going to invade. It was just doing force posturing on the other side of the border, and we pre-bunked that. U.S. government, NATO allies came out and said, nope, you're here to invade, and sure enough, that's bearing out. And that's what I mean about getting the proactive story out ahead of time. Now, down at the tactical level, where do I think we need to be? Ukraine is informative. Uh, the actual weapons engagement for a lot of what you see in Ukraine is actually considering how I take literally the photographic or video evidence of shooting down a Russian helicopter or destroying a Russian tank and getting that out to a specific audience that is nowhere around the battlefield. The audience they're trying to communicate to are NATO, mm -hmm. US, please continue to supply us with these weapons. I am demonstrating they're being effective 
on the battlefield. And that's a very different battlefield geometry uh, that leaders need to consider nowadays. And we need the ability for our contract professionals, even the Marines down on the ground, to act exactly at that speed, take the photo and get it out after the action that demonstrates the story. And that's what I mean about the importance of contract being a main effort for everything we do. Okay, awesome. Well, I'm glad you shared that because it's something, as I said earlier, it's heard across across the nation as far as, you know, people in our field. Because I tell you, the first time I heard it, I thought, oh, like I said, it, it's a joke right now because they'd say it tongue in cheek. But everyone knows it. It's synonymous with Comstrat. And I mean, I'm sure it's been here long before we got here, but it'll be here long before we leave as far as, you know, sort of this mission, this underlying um, statement. So thank you for weighing in on that. And it's actually the perfect segue into the War on Rocks article, right, that came out recently. And it contained the following quote, it is not enough to destroy a Russian tank. You have to upload a video as well as galvanize public opinion and galvanize will. The proliferation of precision strike in a connected world alters battlefield geometry and creates a new character to combine arms. What can be seen can be hit. What can be hit can be destroyed. What can be uploaded can mobilize people and resources. And I think what you just said is a perfect example of that in the sense that if you have that video footage, capture it, get it out there. Because at the end of the day, I mean, that's crucial information that we can use, especially in today's environment. I mean, everything is on a cell phone. Everything is instantly available to people. I mean, you blink your eyes and boom, it's up, it's there. So. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think it demonstrates the value of where we're going as a service as it relates to force design, being able to operate in a more distributed fashion, but yet still provide value to the joint force in mm -hmm. terms of closing the kill chains and leveraging uh, elements that aren't geographically located together. They're pretty widely dispersed. There are things we are doing today now from the continental United States in support of current conflict operations. That's a phenomenal capability that as long as you plan for it appropriately, as long as you have the target system analysis and development, it's coordinated with the theater commander or the, or the component commander, it's all possible. And that's what that article uh, talks about in battle space geometry and mosaic kill webs, not just everything that's in the box, so to speak, that you have access to. You have a lot of other considerations outside the area of operations from both a who do I want to achieve an effect with or what capability can I leverage that isn't necessarily in the conflict zone. And that's, uh, again, for training, education, uh, certainly something the Marine Corps needs to incorporate and adopt. But again, get back to Gladiator School and right. the MEF Information Group is experimenting with that or putting those things into practice right now. That's why we're having this podcast to talk about how those things can happen and how we're uh, moving out in support of force design and supporting those uh, allies and partners like we are. Awesome. I love it. Love to hear it. So in July 2021, again, we're going to go for another article here, one that you're probably very familiar with. An article by the name of The Role of 2MEF Information Group, the perspective of its commanding general, was published on Second Line of Defense. You, sir, were quoted saying, whether you like it or not, you are in the information environment. All of our Marines on their computer systems every day are in that environment. You need to be careful about it, but we can maximize some opportunities as well. So... 
I love that everything's flowing the way it is because two questions. How do you define the information environment? And what I want to do is just keep this as simple as possible because we've given the audience, you know, a deep dive into it. But how, how would you just define it? Someone says information environment. What does that mean to you? So we probably need to correct the record and just acknowledge I am not a commanding general. Okay. Of the Meth Information Group. However, that title got in the article, don't know. But um, yeah, I'm familiar with the article. Uh, I will use the doctrinal definition of the information environment. Okay. Uh, and then help tease out, like, what does that really mean when I say our Marines need to be aware of that and what threat they're under or the opportunity that exists? So, doctrine will tell you that the information environment. Uh, comes in three layers. Okay, um, three layers. Yeah, three three layers. So the first one is physical. Uh, second one is kind of weird because it's in the title itself. It's the informational um, dimension, and then uh, last is the cognitive dimension. And so here here's what our adversaries are trying to do to us. And I certainly would recommend uh, came kind of mandatory viewing here in the Meth Information Group uh, the social. Uh, Dilemma on Netflix documentary. Yes. About social media platforms. Yes. Yeah, absolutely mandatory viewing, I think, uh, for all of our Marines. So what, what what do I mean by this information environment and why our Marines are, are under some form of threat? Uh, everyone's got a cell phone nowadays, yes. right? They're glued to it, looking at it at work or after whatever. But that's the physical layer, if you will, of the information environment. The okay. device, physical device. So it's with us at all times. Pr- pretty much. You know, dimension of the information environment is that social media platform, but, but more so... Uh, the algorithm behind it that is trying to feed you what it wants. It is designed and developed to give you what you what it thinks you want. Marketing one on one. Trained by right? you. What you click on, what mm-hmm. you like, you are training the algorithm and it is designed to get you connected and stay on that device, stay on that application, buy something. It's the whole generation of the social media platforms. That's Absolutely. what I mean by the informational layer, that thing that's making the information flow uh, and how it gets to an end user. And then the cognitive dimension is right in here. And that is that whole effort is designed to get you to do something. Click again, buy something. Hmm, is that influence operations? It absolutely is. And so all our Marines need to recognize that just the platform itself is designed to manipulate you, okay. generate money. But then you have adversaries behind it or trying to leverage that reality to get you to do something else that may make you vulnerable to something they intend to do to this force. Uh, So that's what we mean by force resiliency. One, being aware of the threat and then how to appropriately counter it and not be sucked into the algorithm or click on the link you're not supposed to because that injects a cyber malicious something into our computer networks because you click that link. But there's opportunity, right? You mentioned there's opportunity there. And so we have experience here in uh, 2MEF and 2MEF Information Group, even during our recent operations, cold response, we deployed to Norway. And I was very proud of all the Marines that understood that threat and reported to the appropriate authorities when they were being engaged by those adversaries in the information environment. They reported the spear phishing attempt. They reported the suspicious text to us. That's a collection opportunity, every marina collector. So we were building information about our adversaries just from that engagement in the information environment or cyberspace, whatever it was. So that was an opportunity to understand more about the adversary, but also there's further opportunities. Okay. They're engaging with us. We can just keep watching and engaging with them to understand more, kind of bring them in and, and build our own trap for them. Cyber uh, folks are very familiar with the term honeypot. Okay. Creating basically a false network that the adversary thinks is a real network and is inside the real network, and we just start feeding them false information that they yes. take back and they just waste their time. Okay. They think they have our battle plan. They don't really don't. And they're taking time to analyze it and maybe reacting to that fake battle plan that puts us in a position of advantage. 
Okay. That's the opportunity in the space. Perfect. So you're basically flipping that around when we talk about, and I, you know, earlier would say marketing 101, right? As far as building that profile of someone, okay, well, you know, on Tuesdays, this person likes to look at this and then, you know, they wear this kind of clothing. They go to this specific place because just like you said, everything's being mapped out, whether it's where you're going, whether it's uh, your conversations, because the microphones are almost always on on the cell phones. And it's one of those things where everything is available. So how do we take that and utilize it in a way that makes us advantageous at the end of the day. And I love how you talked about it and you gave the exercise of cold response as an example, because that's perfect, honestly, for a real time example of how we're utilizing that. I mean, that's great. And it gets back to service concepts, reconnaissance, counter reconnaissance. Every Marine is in that fight. Yes. So it's back to OI truth number five, everybody fights in this information environment. I'll even go another one, OI truth number one, which is humans are in fact more important than hardware. This is all systems behavior we we must understand. We're very focused sometimes on the kinetic targeting of tanks and ships and those type of things. Mm -hmm. There's humans behind all of that. It's a system that has leadership. We need to understand that aspect of well so we can manipulate and influence it. And we need to be cognizant that they're doing the same to us. They're trying to understand our personal behavior and then exploit us to their advantage. Awesome. Well, thank you for laying that out for us. So back again to another article. In April of 2021, you published an article titled The Five OIE Truths over the last year. And, you know, you read those and you wonder, are these set in stone? Are they concrete? Are they changing? Have any of them changed for you? I mean, if so, how? How have they changed? Why have they changed? Do you anticipate more change? So I've, I've hinted at the fact there are more probably coming as soon as I can find time to write that, that article. Uh, all uh, current five, absolutely 100% still true. Okay. I find that in each and everything we do, I find at least one, if not more of them bear out. Uh, in terms of, I've already mentioned uh, some, uh, one is uh, called OIE requires agility across authorities. That's back to that mosaic kill web conversation we had. I may not have the authority or the capability to take action against something, but one of my allies or partners does. And so I'm just going to leverage them if we're all working together to achieve an outcome on the battlefield. And again, those cold response examples are are valid, either working with the Norwegians or working with other other cyber forces in theater, absolutely wore out uh, during cold response. Uh, Our support to the HMS Queen Elizabeth global carrier strike group deployment. So the UK's first carrier strike group uh, global deployment in in decades. Uh, We supported that from uh, 2MEF Information Group. But that was a UK-led operation. We were generally leveraging their authorities and their capabilities. We were just providing support to it uh, to do it. And we did that with another MEF Information Group. We did it with 3MIG out of Okinawa. So as the Queen Elizabeth went to Indopaycom, hand over to 3MIG and they helped uh, the UK partner. So that uh, that global agility and authorities that has absolutely borne out. Um, while we're here. I've already mentioned uh, it's all about the story, that next yes. set of OI truths. I'll mention one more. And uh, it's, it's really hard to replicate an information environment from a training perspective. You know, think about recreating society. Think about recreating the cyber layer of a target system. Think about recreating Facebook or Twitter to train in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, again, why are we doing Gladiator School podcast? Our Marines are operating in a very real environment 
all the time. And we're learning uh, from that. And so one of the best experiences we have is doing this for real because some of our training system support just isn't as robust to give us a real workout and really tease out the mm -hmm. concepts, tease out the approaches we want to take. So that's another OI truth uh, we just have to, to live with for a while, I think. But it's you know applying it for real and taking as many lessons as we can every time we operate for real and then feeding that back into our own SOPs or to the service uh, for this learning. And so hence, Clyde Air School again. Awesome. And I think it's good that you talked about agility in its, I mean, purest form being that if we can't do it, someone else, we can definitely kind of like tag him, hey, help us out with this because we have the capability. We just need to make sure that someone else is there when we need to hand that ball off. You guys are more, you know, able, whether it be your location, whether it be, you know, the capabilities you have at the time, but it's something that is widely understood. And I think that's important here to see how it all plays out and how everything works together. Absolutely. So the MIG, right? Here we are, front and center right now. And you've been here for a while. So what makes us unique? What makes us unique? Because we talked earlier about, okay, well, we talked about collecting, protecting, projecting. How is that different from Intel PSYOP? So we've got that. But what makes us unique? How are we different? Are uh -huh. we different? And in what way? So I think we do have very specific expertise inside the command. Uh, when you think about uh, psychological operations, the only operational capability that exists in the Marine Corps is largely in the MIF information groups, you know, okay. employing that capability each and every day. Um, cyber expertise, there's certainly uh, an amazing amount of cyber talent in uh, MARFOR Cyber and in the Cyber Mission Force, but doesn't work for the Marine Corps. Uh, the only other, you know, active cyber force inside the Marine Corps is out here in the MEF information group. So, oh, wow. Uh, really? Yeah, we have uh, cyber capability and cyber expertise okay. uh, that, you know, the MEF relies upon to protect that information uh, or our relationships with the joint force to project uh, cyber information. And we'll see the same things from a space perspective as we build those capabilities out. So I think part of I want to be very clear that uh, the MEF information group is not the solution to the MAGTAF's OIE requirements. That is a MAGTAF uh, problem to solve and to address through planning okay. and operations. It's a MAGTAF effort to go after, but we do provide a lot of those unique capabilities to help that MAGTAF close its kill chain from the communications, intelligence, you know, specialized expertise, and then really uh, some of the other domain expertise that it only resides in the MEF information group. Uh, that's what makes us unique. And putting that all together and the constructs to do it, I think we're figuring those things out in the Gladiator School that is uh, the MEF information group and then extending that uh, out to the MEF um, as we learn how, how we do this. Okay, awesome. So if we had to, again, make another analogy, would you, would you agree that the MIG is essentially, if I'm an artist and I enjoy using um, a plethora of different Sharpies, right? You've got your base one. That's the one we use every single day. You've got the thick chisel tip, and then you've got the fine point. We are the fine point. You bring us in when you have a specific issue. It doesn't even have to be an issue, but something accomplished. And you say, hey, we don't, we don't have what we need right now. Bring in the fine point. Is that fair? Um, if I follow that analogy, I think we probably have more fine point in addition to some other, um, however you would label that. Broader you know, brush strokes. Broader brush strokes <laughs> that we're all familiar with. Communications yes. capability, intelligence capability. 
It's how we're applying those from an art perspective together with more fine points. Excellent. That's where we are. To create uh, information group. the piece of artwork at the end of the day. Maybe yes. the term mosaic <laughs> or kill mosaic, web perfect, is appropriate, yes. right? It, right? Combined arms is a mosaic type of yes. uh, artistry, and there's a lot of science behind it, too, when you talk about what's uh, unique about the MEF information group. Some of those disciplines like cyber and space require some very technical uh, proficiency to apply correctly. Naturally. You know, those are very... Um, from an authorities and permissions perspective held at some high levels. There's probably a reason I work for a three-star commander. Uh, Maybe. (laughs) He's going to sign off on that uh, con-op, so to speak. Uh, Well, that has to be informed by technical expertise to make sure uh, it works well uh, and the MEF commander can trust us to apply that, you know, and achieve the outcome he's looking for. Perfect. Awesome. So just to kind of give people an idea on the map, how many MIGs are there, and what are their locations? Um, each MEF has a MEF information group. So here, Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, like you said at the beginning, I work for two MEF uh, and my MEF commander, and then each of the other MEFs in Camp Pendleton and in Okinawa have a MEF information group working for them. Awesome. Well, sir, I mean, this has been absolutely illuminating. I think that people can really listen to this and say, okay, I have a better idea now of what we're actually talking about because this is important. It's important that we walk people onto exactly what it is they're hearing, what it is they're seeing, what it is, you know, be, is being conceptualized behind the curtain because it is important. And in today's age, just as we talked about earlier, everyone has a phone, everyone has that technological capability. Well, we are utilizing it in real time. And I'm so happy that we have had you on today kind of unpack that for us. Is there anything you'd like to leave us with? Any thoughts, any save rounds, anything that, you know, has just been simmering away up there? Yeah, absolutely do. And it's what um, is not unique about the MEF Information Group. And that is the fact is that we are comprised of incredibly talented and brilliant Marines who are aggressive, who read MCDP-1 in a bias for action and just get after it. And that's just as what a wonderful opportunity to command an organization like this for a couple years. But again, that's why we're doing Gladiator School. We're going to bring those Marines on. We're going to bring those incredibly talented Marines. Definitely. And help describe how they do it. You know, what does operations information environment mean from a practitioner perspective? So my job here is to point the ship in a direction and let all these Marines figure it out. And then we're going to share those lessons in Gladiator School here. I'm glad we have the opportunity to do it because they are brilliant. Rosser. That's all we have for you guys today. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Gladiator School. Make sure to follow, like, and subscribe on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.